And a couple of just kind of housekeeping things. If you're, if you're looking at your watch and you're thinking, Sermon, right, don't be anxious. It won't be very long. So, I, so just, I wanted to share just a few things to help us appreciate the symbolism of baptism and what we're going to see. And then uh, what we're going to do is uh, we'll all stand up. And as we normally process forward to receive communion, we'll actually process out this door. So go around the textbooks. And then we're going to go out the uh, backside, and then we'll have the baptism right there uh, in the back. And a couple just kind of notes, the, all of the kids except the kids in the nursery. So all the other kids, uh, their teachers are going to bring them out, so they'll see the baptism as well. And so parents know that your kids will be coming out, and so that's where they'll be, so uh, uh, get them. <laughs> They'll be there waiting. And then also the uh, Gordillos have one of the cards for their family out on the info table. And uh, I can think of no better decoration for your refrigerator than this card. So you grab one and put it on there and remember to pray for them when you see it. And there's also a little note if you'd like to get their emails to keep uh, up to date with them um, as they go. But we're thinking about baptism. And I just want you to think about just for a minute, you know, what is the symbolism? Because baptism is gospel theater. Uh, Andrew's going to tell us, so he, he's eager to tell us. We, or him and his family talked about this. It's gospel theater where we're acting out physically a spiritual reality. So if you were with us all through John, you saw how often Jesus in the Gospel of John tells you, look through the spiritual or through the physical to see the spiritual. Just as your body needs water, your soul needs water. Just as your body needs food, your soul needs food. And I am those things. And he's given us two things with the Lord's Supper and baptism that are these physical acts that we're supposed to look through them to see spiritual realities. And so there's a couple things I want you to think about is just first, like why water? What does the water mean? Why go under it? And then why is it in the name? We're told to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? So let's think first, just why water? What does the water represent? And what the water does is it symbolizes um, the way that the gospel deals with three of the problems that sin causes. So what sin has caused for us is it makes us dirty, it stained us, and then it's brought us under judgment, and then that judgment then brings death. And so the water is symbolizing the gospel reversal of all of those things. So the first thing you think about it, what sin does is sin, it stains us, it makes us dirty. It, uh, and then kids, you know this, like when you're outside really playing and romping around in the mud and you get all dirty and mama says you can't come in until what? You have to take a bath. You have to wash off all that dirt. And I don't know about you, but I hated taking a bath as a kid. And there's just certain things. I don't know when this transition happens, but there's certain things you hate as a child that become some of the most precious moments in your life as an adult. <laughs> Like one day, like having a hot bath all by yourself will be one of the most precious things you do. Or at bedtimes this way. Kids hate it, but at some point it becomes your favorite moment of the day. So there's a shift. But baptism represents the washing because when we sin, and you can feel this in your own heart, because you can feel it the way it makes you feel. When we sin, it makes our heart dirty. It makes our soul dirty. And baptism is a symbol that by the Holy Spirit, he's washed our hearts and he's made us clean. One of the things that God has always said to his people, he says, come to me, even though your sins are like scarlet, come to me 
And they shall be as white as snow. Even though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. And it represents their cleansing, that our hearts are made clean. But another thing it represents is that sin doesn't just uh, make us dirty. It also brings us under God's judgment. And one of the interesting symbolisms of the water is that the water is a means by which God is used to judge the sins of the world. Think about the story of Noah. Noah uh, and the flood, the flood comes down because that's the water of God's judgment judging the people for their sins. And Jesus has a very interesting thing he says before he goes to the cross. He says, as I'm going to the cross, I have a baptism I have to undergo. I have a cup I have to drink. And what he's talking about is the image that in judgment, the Lord poured out by the water of the flood was God's judgment being poured out on the earth. And what we're doing in baptism is this great reversal because on the cross, the judgment of God was poured out on Christ so that through the baptism waters, the waters don't bring judgment, they bring life. So one of the things we're celebrating is that the judgment was poured out on him so God's grace can then be poured out on us. It's a reversal of the judgment. And then the third thing it does is that judgment brings death. For the wages of sin is death. It brings about death. And um, the waters represent the life-giving nature of the gospel. Even when God spoke creation into existence, the Spirit hovered over the waters. And then He spoke. And then in Revelation, there's this life-giving river that flows from the throne room of of God. And it represents um, giving life. So the water is representing how the gospel fixes those things. But then what we're going to do is we're actually going to lower them into the water and then rise up out of it. And one of the things that represents is from the scripture that Cynthia read at the very beginning. It was from Romans 6. That we've been united with Christ by faith in his death. And therefore we've died with him. And it's, it's a symbol that you've died and risen again to new life. So it's a symbol, just as Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and then he rose again on the third day. It's a symbolic representation that we too, spiritually, we were dead, but now we've risen again to new life, and we've been made new and walk in the newness of life. And then the third thing about it is you get baptized into the name. It'll be in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what that's symbolizing and representing is that uh, you are brought into a family. That you now, his family name is put on you. When I was trying to explain this to some of the kids, I said, all right, you know when you were born, when you were first born physically, you were given three names. You were given a first name, middle name, and a last name. And the first name tells who you are. And so you're Maddie May, that tells who you are, and then the last name tells whose you are, who you belong to. And now you're about to get, when you're born again, you get three new names placed on you, and these three new names of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they tell whose you are. They now tell you are now a part of this family, you're brought into this family. I won't tell you which, one of the kids started laughing and said, but my parents always called me the wrong name. Well, you try having four kids and see how good you are at it. <laughs> so, but you're getting this new name is placed upon you. And so what that means is, um, that means you're brought into this family, which you can see the actual family dynamics when Jesus was baptized. This Trinitarian dynamic where he goes under the water, he comes up, and then the Father says, this is my beloved Son 
And then the Spirit dwells on him. So for every person, what we celebrate at baptism, and for every person here, if you've been baptized, this is a moment to remind yourself and remember. It's just like at a wedding. Every wedding you go to, don't just look. Um, If you have been married, let that be a moment to remind you of the vows you made. And then if you're not married, let it be something that you can point forward into hope as you think these will be the vows I make. But what it is is to remind you. So for every baptized person in this room, let it remind you of the symbolism. And remember that Jesus was plunged under the waters of judgment so you could enter into the waters of life. And remember that the beloved son came so that God the Father can call you his beloved son or daughter. And remember that just as the Spirit descended upon him, that same Spirit now lives in you. And remember that you once were outside of the family of God, and you have been brought in. And you now are a brother and a sister with all those who have been baptized in the name. And one of the remarkable things about this church family is that you now are a part of a family that everyone has been named, baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the command was to go into all the nations. And so now you have a family that extends to every nation, every tribe, every tongue on the planet. And then remember that this family is now your spiritual home. So who's this for? The New Testament consistently records that baptism was reserved for those who had professed faith in Christ. And uh, once uh, Peter preached his first sermon at Pentecost in Acts 2, he said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. So it's for those who first recognize that they're a sinner. And they repent of that. And they recognize that Jesus is the only Savior. So that's who it's for. So let's pray and let's thank the Lord for their baptism. Thank thank Him for ours. And then um, we'll stand and we'll process out. Um, If you've come this morning, um, we have our offering plates there on the table. So if you brought an offering to give to the Lord uh, this morning, you can put it in uh, as we go out. But let's take a moment and just spend some time praying. So Lord, we praise you for this morning. And Lord, we ask that those of us who are Christians would just take a moment to remember the spiritual beginnings of our own lives when we first believed in Christ, whether it was, um, whether we had the incredible privilege to be born and raised in the cradle of grace and mercy. So we heard your gospel and your word even before we could remember. That's such a privilege. Help us to be so thankful if that's true of us. If it's not true of us and we came to your Uh, saving faith in you late in life. Let us be thankful for the way you renewed us and redeemed us and grabbed us and saved us. But help us all to remember our beginnings. Help us to remember the moment that our sins were taken away and our consciences were made clear. And we ask that you would help all of us to experience that uh, first love where the the flood, uh, where the Holy Spirit floods the love of Christ into our hearts. So we pray for these who are going to get baptized this morning, and we pray that your spirit would continue to pour out the love of Christ into them. We pray that your word would become their food, and they would live off it. We pray that you would protect them from the world and from their own sinful desires and from the devil. We pray that you would use them to spread your gospel, and that through them you would build up your church. And we pray that one day, When they stand before you holy and complete, they will hear those awesome words, well done, 
good and faithful servants. So, Lord, we thank you for this moment. We ask that you would help all of us to grasp even more the wonder of what it means that we've been buried with Christ and we have risen again to live a new life. And all this we ask in his holy name.